Amen. Amen. Second Peter chapter one this morning. Second Peter chapter one this morning. While you're turning there, I just want to remind men, men, God calls us to step up and be leaders in our homes and our communities and our societies. And one of the great things that we get an opportunity to do each day, uh, each year is to be part of iron sharpens iron. And I want to remind you men about just how, what a great day that is. And I would love for all the men of the Oasis to be a part of that. Uh, I went last year. I'm going to be going again this year. We would love, I know Woody would love to take a large group of men. Please go out and sign up the next couple of weeks. Set that date aside in November to come with us. That is a day where you as a man can connect with God. You can connect with other men in your church, and you can connect with men all over the valley. There will be thousands of men there that day. And can I just tell you, I love to hear ladies sing, but there is something about being in an auditorium filled with thousands of men's voices praising the Lord that just send chills up my spine. So men, I want you to think about, pray about coming with us this year to Iron Sharpens Iron. All right. Second Peter, a book all about encouraging us to grow spiritually. No other book in the Bible is as great as inspiring us and instructing us and encouraging us to grow as a Christian like the book of Second Peter. And today, Peter is going to continue to share with us why we should be motivated and inspired to grow. And by the way, this letter is not written to baby Christians. This letter is not written to Christians who are just getting started in their Christian faith. All these reminders that Peter is sharing is actually to a very mature group of people, which reminds us that we are never to grow beyond being reminded of things and that we never grow past some of the things that Peter is sharing with us here in this book. By the way, if my voice starts to go, don't worry about it. I'm just going to keep on talking. And, and part of the reason why my voice is going is I just want, we had such a great weekend at the marriage getaway this, this weekend. It was just an awesome, awesome weekend. Um, 30, 30 couples and we just turned the buttes upside down. It was, it was great. So, uh, but we're, we're all good this morning. Just a little little on the tired side, but, but I'm energized to be with you guys this morning and to share this message from God's words. So I want you to notice, first of all, verse 12. We'll go back to verse 10 in just a moment. Verse 12. This is where Peter writes about this. He says, therefore, I intend to remind you constantly. And in those words, Peter's saying, I care enough about you to continually remind you of these things. In fact, he's, he's sort of saying, expect to be reminded continuously of these things. Because I care about you, he said. Even though, he says in verse 12, you know them and are well established in the truth that you now have. So he's saying, look, I know that you're on a firm spiritual foundation. I know that you are a mature group of Christians. But I still 
feel impressed by the Holy Spirit to remind you of these things. Not just to remind you, but notice he goes on in verse 13 to say, indeed. He says, as long as I am in this tabernacle, which is a word the New Testament uses for our human body, it it means a temporary residence. And aren't you glad that the day you and I put down this temporary residence, we have a permanent residence eternal in the heavens? And so he says, as long as I'm in this temporary residence, I consider it right before God to stir you up by way of a reminder. Peter doesn't just want to inform them. He wants God's spirit to transform them. And he wants God through his word to stir up these people. Now, remember, they're mature believers. They are well established in the truth. But it reminds all of us that sometimes, in fact, the more mature we get, you know, we sort of get complacent in our maturity and we need stirred up. I hope today that there's no one here that is in a condition where you are beyond being stirred up by God, by his spirit, by his word. By the way, the word stir up here literally means to awaken, to be aroused in a spiritual sense, to not sort of just be on automatic pilot when it comes to our walk with God and our spiritual life, but to truly just wake up and be stirred by God about the things that Peter is going to share. Because in verse 14, Peter says, God sort of has personally revealed to me that that my days on earth are numbered and it's not going to be long before I see Jesus myself. So he says, since I know that my tabernacle, again, this earthly temporary body will soon be removed because our Lord Jesus Christ revealed this to me. He said, so indeed, I will also make every effort that after my departure, my exit out of here, You have a testimony of these things. And the word testimony there means something to hold on to. Peter is saying, here's one of my great motivations to grow spiritually and to be where I need to be spiritually. Because I want to live a life that passes down to other Christians things that they can hold on to in the days ahead. In a sense, Peter's saying, if we're growing spiritually, we understand that we have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially to the generations that come after us to give them something to hold on to because Peter understands and God certainly understands we live in a very unstable world. We live in a world where things slip through people's fingers so easily and they go after and run after the very temporary things of life that really do not satisfy or fulfill. And Peter says, I want to live my life in such a way that I am passing on continually to children and to my spiritual children and to my brothers and sisters in Christ, things that they can hold on to and that will bring stability and firmness in their life in a world that is so unstable and crazy and chaotic. So with that said, what does Peter want to stir us up about? Back to verse 10. Peter says, therefore. And every time you and I see the word therefore in the Bible, our first question should be, what's that therefore? 
Because every time that word is used, it's always to take us back to the context of what's already been said. And obviously, we're not going to go back today and take time to go through everything we've talked about the first couple weeks of our study of Second Peter. But I will remind us all of this. The therefore is to remind us that the reason he's about to say what he's saying is because God has given us all this provision to grow. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness, verse 3. Peter says, you as Christians today have a faith, a capacity, and resources that is equal to ours as the apostles. So because of God's provision, that's one reason. The other reason is because of the potential that he's talked about in these first couple of verses that God places within each of us. See, God created us all with a potential. And Peter's already told us that part of the motivation and inspiration for our spiritual growth is because we will never reach our potential that God's placed within us or even see what that potential is if we're not willing to put ourselves on the path of spiritual growth. And then last week we saw that Peter was saying, if you and I don't grow, we will become ineffective. We won't even realize what the purpose is for our existence. And we won't assume the responsibilities that God wants us to. We'll become unfruitful, which is not only bad for us, but for others around us, because God wants us to be a shade tree and an oasis and a place of refreshment for others. He says we can become spiritually blind to the point where we're totally unaware of where we're at and where, you know, things are at in our life. We can become nearsighted or short-sighted in the sense that we can't see beyond the immediate and beyond the moment to be able to live and invest, invest for eternity. And then he says we even get to the point as non-growing Christians where the significance and meaning of our very salvation is lost and it no longer means anything. Really, in a meaningful way. So that's what therefore is there for. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to be sure of your calling and election. Sorry, I'm going to put my Bible down now. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Make every effort to be sure of your calling and election. Let's take this little bits at a time. To make every effort for something is to to give it undivided attention. To, To have a sense of urgency and a sense of diligence about something. And so Peter here is saying to Christians, Christians, again, no matter whether you're well-established in the faith or you're just a new believer, he's saying be willing to always give attention to be sure of something in your life as Christians. Because God wants us to be sure of certain things. Not confused. Not unsure, not just sort of groping around. No, God wants us to be sure. This is why Peter is saying, I can give you stuff to hold on to. 
And the two things here that Peter is saying to Christians that that we should always strive and be willing to give attention to and urgency to and diligence to being sure of in our life is first of all God's calling on our life. We hear that phrase a lot. We talk about that. God's calling in my life or on my life. But what's it mean? Here's what it means. It means that when the creator of the universe was fashioning us in our mother's womb and putting us together and creating us, that God was creating us for certain roles and responsibilities, certain purposes throughout our life. And because he's God and he's our creator, he actually knows us better than we even know ourselves. And he knows exactly all that he's placed within us. He knows all the potential inside of each of us. He knows exactly, too, what role and responsibility, calling, is going to fit us And not only fit us, but give us a fulfillment and satisfaction that nothing else can. Because he's our creator. And so Peter's saying, Christian, you know one of the great reasons why you need to focus on your growth? Because it is going to be in the process of you growing that you're going to hopefully discover, if you give attention to it, What your role and responsibility and purpose God created you for. And what will bring you the most fulfillment and satisfaction. Instead of going out there in the world, trying to run after this and that that you and I want to. Or what other people think we should. And filling our lives up with all these worldly things. That really won't satisfy. Peter says... Shouldn't we as Christians, even well-established in the faith Christians, always be willing to be reminded that our focus and attention, making every effort to be sure of our calling? See, let's translate this down right now real specifically. That means every one of us in this room that's a Christian, every one of us, right now, God has a calling for your life. Every one of you. God has right now in this season of your life a role and a responsibility that he wants you to assume. And he wants you to be sure of that role and responsibility. He don't want it. Well, I, you know, I no. But here again. It's going to come out of our spiritual growth. If we're not willing to invest in our spiritual growth and be disciplined and focus on our spiritual growth, then we as a Christian will sadly go through life never being sure of our calling. How sad to get to glory one day To enter into heaven. And Jesus probably looking at us with probably some pain. Saying to us, 
I created you for this. You never, you missed out on what I created you for. You never even took time to try to know what I created you for. Wow. And so only you know or can discover between you and God what that role and responsibility is. But Peter says that you need to make and I need to make every effort to be sure of what that role and responsibility is. What is that purpose? And then he uses the word election. That's a word that gets people crazy sometimes. But in this context, here's all that means. That not only does God have a particular role or responsibility or purpose for us, but there will be times through our life where God really chooses us for a specific task or mission. It's not as as maybe as big of a role or responsibility as our calling, because it's only going to be a temporary thing. And not that our calling can't change throughout our life too. It can, but it's not near going to change as often as our election. And there will be times throughout our life where God says, out of all the people in the world that I've created, you'd be perfect for this this little mission that I have, this, this little job, this, this little task. Maybe it's just talking to this person over here. And I know based upon your experiences and what you've been through and, and right now where you're at, you'd be perfect to link up with that person. So I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and I'm going to call you. I'm going to elect you out of everyone else to meet up with this person because I think you'd be great for that. It's sort of look at it as a short-term missions trip, if you will, by God, election. It's a specific short-term task. And the cool thing about it, when you think about it, is God is tapping us for that specifically. Again, he could choose other people, but he's electing you to do it. And Peter says, basically... Be sure of that. Don't miss out on those opportunities that come by in life. Because many Christians, when they're not growing, or if they're in a place where, you know, they've got their focus here rather than where it needs to be, God could even offer them a task. Say, hey, I'd, I'd move in there. I'd really like you to do this or that or whatever. And guess what? They either ignore it or they say no. How sad. And I say how sad because I've looked back on my life and seen where there's been times where I probably didn't seize that elected opportunity that God had for me. And when that happens in our lives, Christians, we have to remind ourselves we're the ones that miss out. Because guess what? God will do. If God taps us on the shoulder and says, out of all the people, I'd like you to do this. And if we say no or we ignore it, God will go on to somebody else who's willing and making themselves available to do it. 
And they're the ones that's going to get the blessing and we're going to miss out on. But the thing is, what Peter's saying is, God actually does that. He actually values you and me enough to actually come to us throughout our life and elect us out of everyone else to do a particular task or service or have a conversation or do something in a short-term specific way. And Peter is saying to us as growing Christians, be sure of your calling and election so that you and I throughout our life don't miss out on these great opportunities that God has created us for, that God placed within us the potential to do it, that God gave us the personality and the gifts and the abilities and the experiences to be able to rise to the challenges and the occasion and begin to see all the potential that God has created us for. Instead of letting it go by and seeing someone else do it. Peter says this is part of the greatest reason why Christians need to grow. Because if Christians aren't growing, then they're not sure of their calling and election. Again, I will never presume to answer for you what your role and responsibility is right now before God. Only you and God need to really be the ones to discover that. And I will not presume to know what your election is right now. What is that specific task that God may be tapping you for? But I do know this. I know that the word of God through the apostle Peter tells us that God wants us to be sure of it. So that we will seize it. And so that we will have enough faith to realize that all the things that I'm chasing after in my life that really aren't bringing lasting satisfaction and fulfillment. That my creator created me in such a way that he knows me better than I know myself. And I need to learn to trust him and entrust my life to him. And know that if I just surrender and do his will. That's when the sweet spot's going to come. That's when I'm going to know that what he created me for. That he also has a unique, well-fitted responsibility that's going to match that. And I'm going to be in my sweet spot. Peter doesn't end there. Then he goes on to say in the very next verse, and by doing this, you will never stumble into sin. Let's take that a little bit at a time. First of all, the words by doing this in the Greek language mean to practice over and over and over and over. So what Peter's saying is this. So here we go, Christian. Not only has God created you for a specific role, responsibility, and purpose, but God wants you to be sure of it. And then God wants you to just embrace that role and responsibility and just get up every day and do it until God tells you differently. God may change your role and responsibility. God may tap you for something else. But until you know for sure that that's God changing it, 
then he's saying, then get up every day and just keep doing what you're sure God is calling you and elected you to do. And here's a very practical present day reason why. Peter says, because doing the will of God that we know God wants us to do every day and embracing our role and responsibility and embracing the tasks and missions that God has for us is actually a safeguard spiritually for our life. In other words, Peter's saying, you won't get into trouble as a Christian and stumble into sin if you just get up every day and are willing to embrace the role and responsibility that God has for you and just keep doing it every day until God changes it. You won't stumble. That speaks about being sure-footed, stable, instead of going like a lot of Christians, well, I I think that's what God wants me to do. Let Let me tell, let me see. And then, you know, or, or they just go through life and it's like, well, stumble over here and then stumble over here and go in here and go on there and, and talk about like wandering like the children of Israel. It's like, you know, you're trying to figure out what's their next move. You know, where, where are they going next? Are they going here? Are they going there? God says, look, when we become sure of our calling and election, we don't go through life as Christians just sort of stumbling and bumbling crashing into this and crashing into that. There's a clarity and there is a certainty and there is a surety about why we are here and what we are to be doing and where we're to be headed. We're going to talk about this on Tuesday night. It's amazing how God will take a message out of 2 Peter and a message out of the Gospel of John and only God can do that. And the words that Peter uses here should be very encouraging to us. Because this safeguard keeps us from stumbling into sin. And I don't want to get too technical. You guys know, you listen to me, I'll bring up the Hebrew and Greek every once in a while. And I think that's important. But very rarely do I go beyond the meanings of the words into the tense. But the tense is important here in the Greek language. That phrase, stumble into sin, is in the aorist tense. Which means Peter is describing a fall, if you will, from which one cannot recover. Obviously, the Bible's not talking about not sinning. We all will sin. We all, as Christians, even growing Christians, we will fall every once in a while. That's not the kind of fall that he's talking about. But what he is saying is this. If you as a Christian make every effort to be sure of your calling an election, and then you just get up every day and you practice it over and over and over again, you will actually bring a safeguard into your life that will keep you from experiencing a fall in your life from which you could never on earth recover from. From which you will never be able to overcome. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's good enough for me. I... I think that's pretty good advice. Because can I tell you, in living a life pretty much since I was a baby in church, being around church, and then being in ministry for 29 years, I've met Christians who've disregarded what Peter is saying here, and they end up falling into something from which they could never recover from.
something in a sense from which they have to sort of pay for for their entire life. And it's not that God can't forgive us, absolutely. But God never wants to see any of his children have to suffer consequences long term for things. Short term, yeah, again, we're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall. But if we would just get up every day and be sure of our calling and election and embrace our role and responsibility and do it over and over again, Peter says it's going to prevent us from falling in a way from which we could never recover. And then he goes on to say, guess what? Not only are there short-term benefits for knowing the will of God for my life and doing it, there's long-term benefits. Because then he goes on to say, for thus, there will be an entrance provided for us in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that will be richly provided for us. Oh, I couldn't wait to share this with you. So first of all, notice Peter's talking about an entrance into the kingdom because you know, he's already talked about his soon death and all that. And yet he's not all upset about dying because guess what? He has the confidence to know that when he lays down that earthly temporary body here, he's going to enter into the eternal kingdom of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope you have that assurance today, my friend. I hope you have the assurance that Paul had in 2 Corinthians 5.1 when he says, once this earthly tent, this body that I live in is dissolved, I know that I have a building made by God that is eternal in the heavens. So Peter talks about this entrance into the eternal kingdom. And one of the things that Peter is saying to us there is a growing Christian. Here's what we got to get to, folks. He says, we got to get our eyes off of the past and get them on the future. Too many Christians, part of, again, why they never grow or never really are sure they're calling an election is because they're stuck in the past instead of looking towards the future. And God doesn't want us to be stuck in the past. God says, you and I need to learn to let things go that we have done. And we need to learn to let things go that others have done to us. And we can't fully embrace our role and responsibility as long as we're living a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and living there instead of living focused towards the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and making that the focus of our life rather than what's happened to us or what we've done in the past. And some of you who are sitting here today need to hear this. You may think you have fallen in your life to a point where you will never recover from. Please don't, don't, don't be the one to define your life. You let God define your life and you let him have the last word. Don't let others define you. Let God define you. Because no matter what we've done or not done as his children, he never, ever lets that purpose go for what he created us for. And he doesn't want you to let go or give up on that either. But here's what he said. He says, Christian, 
You keep on getting up every day, embracing your role and responsibility and just doing it because here's what's going to happen. Not only is it going to be present day really good for you to do that, but when you get to heaven and you see Jesus, there's going to be an entrance for you into his kingdom that's going to be richly provided for you. What's Peter mean? He means a couple things. First of all, he means that when you and I as Christians have lived our lives growing, that we're not only blessing our own lives, but we're going to be a blessing to others. And there's going to be people in the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that are there because of you. And there are going to be Christians who are there, who the reason that they have grown and the reason that they are in a good spiritual place and the reason that they were able to do and be inspired and encouraged to be who God created them to be is because of you and your investment and you touching their life. And part of what Peter is saying is, can you imagine it, Christian? When you walk into that eternal kingdom, you're going to be greeted by all the people whose lives you touched and that you made a difference on. And Peter's saying, I I know that might not mean a lot to you now, but on that day, you're going to be so glad that this is what's your focus of your life. Because I think that what Peter's reminding us of is, besides being greeted by the Lord himself, That part of this rich entrance that he's talking about here means all those people who've been touched by us in some way or another are going to greet us into the eternal kingdom as well. Now think about how sad it would be for the Christian that lived for themselves. Didn't grow. Never was sure they're calling an election. And not to diminish heaven in any way, because I get it, heaven's heaven. But Peter is saying there's going to be a difference between the way some Christians enter into the eternal kingdom and the way others do. Just as there are degrees of punishment in hell, there's going to be degrees of different roles and responsibilities and rewards and even the way we enter into heaven. And how sad it would be for the Christian who lived all their lives for themselves and didn't care about growing and didn't care about touching other people's lives to get there and hear chirp, chirp, chirp. Where's the people whose lives I touched? Well, maybe not many. Because it was all about me. And it wasn't about living for Christ or living for others. And the other thing he's saying here goes along with exactly what Jesus taught. When Jesus encouraged us as his followers to lay up treasure in heaven, not on earth. And what he's saying is this. He's reminding us that our eternal role and responsibility is going to be tied to how faithful we were to our role and responsibility here. If God created me for a role and responsibility here on earth and I ignore it or I don't accept it, then don't be surprised if he doesn't give you very much to to rule over and reign over and be responsible for all through eternity. But if you and I are faithful, to the role and responsibility that he's given to us here, don't be surprised if you are ruling and reigning and and managing and and in charge of way more than you could ever imagine up there. Because Jesus said, because you have been faithful in a little thing or in things that you might deem as little, I'm going to make you in charge of all these things. Faithful in few, ruler over many, Jesus said. 
So don't despise those little responsibilities because you might think, well, I want something bigger. If you and I are faithful in those little responsibilities, God will make sure we get more. Because God always wants to give us more to rule and reign over. And that's what Peter's saying. He's saying your your entrance is going to be rich because you're going to get there and you're going to be shocked to know that just because you were faithful in the role and responsibility God gave you, look at what you have to rule and reign over. And part of what Peter's saying too is that, that part of that because you've laid up treasure in heaven is at your disposal is going to be all these things that you can, you know, enhance your rule and reign and role and responsibility for throughout all of eternity. It's all going to be there for you. But again, for Christians who ignore God's will, who want to do their own thing and live their own life and never embrace God's role or responsibility, Paul said it this way. They will be saved, but as by fire. In other words, the Christian will get there, but have nothing to show for it. Everything that pretty much they did in their life will be burned up in the assessing fire of God as far as weighing our works after we became a Christian and what we lived for. And there won't be much at our disposal for all of eternity. Peter said, man, Christian, get your eyes focused on the eternal kingdom. And make that the inspiration and motivation for your spiritual growth because God created you for a specific purpose and plan. And he has a role and responsibility that uniquely fits you and one that will give you satisfaction and fulfillment like nothing else. And when you and I just assume our role and responsibility and embrace it, not only will it fulfill and satisfy us, it will be a blessing to others. And God then will use our life to touch other people's lives. And soon, folks, our life on this earth is going to be gone and we're going to be in eternity and one day we're going to be so thankful that we sacrificed and we served the Lord Jesus Christ because we realized that that was a safeguard while we were here on earth and that's going to provide an entrance for us richly throughout all of eternity because folks whether we need to be reminded of this or not one of the other things that Peter is saying through this passage is this we only have one life We only have this life. We don't get to live this life and then go to God. Okay, God, I think now I've got this figured out. Now I I, want to go back and do that all over again. No. See, the sad thing is, once we let these opportunities go and that time passes on our earthly life, We can never go back and get that again. It's gone. And God is saying to us through Peter, who was about ready to go meet Jesus, don't spend one more day, Christian, letting the things that really matter and will really matter in eternity just slip through your fingers and you can never recover that day ever again. 
See, once we live this day, September 22nd, 2013, we never get this day ever again, over again. And so Peter is saying, therefore, brothers and sisters, be sure of your calling and election. For thus, by doing this, you will never stumble into sin. And thus, an entrance will be richly provided for you into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, take this message today and stir us up. Help us to be in a place, Lord, where we can even be stirred, where we can be awakened and aroused to what life and eternity should be all about. And God, I can only imagine the heart of the Creator who looks down even upon this group right here today and says to all of us, I created you, sir, and you, ma'am, for this purpose. I had this plan in mind when I wove you together in your mother's womb. Everything about you was so that you would be sure of the role and responsibility that I had for you. The election that I had for you, that that there's also these specific tasks, short-term things that, that I wanted you to do, that you would have been perfect for. God, help us. To make sure that we don't let the things that you've created us for, built us for, made us for, pass us by. Help us, Lord, not to live one more day for ourselves, but to live each day for you and for the reason you created us. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.